come to worship today after all this amazing work that we did yesterday to bring our community into this church. Our spitball of how many people came through was about a thousand people. And over 600 cookies baked. Um, uh, so many people who have been coming in here and praying. Uh, we're blessed to be this presence in our community and blessed to have you providing that presence in our community. And I'm humbled and grateful for all the beautiful work that people have done. Thank you so much. And now Jocelyn is going to give us some announcements. All right, let's see what we have going on here. <clears throat> Today is December 3rd, isn't it? Well, that's fitting because there's a finance meeting after worship today. Today is getting even better already. See that? December 4th, that's going to be tomorrow, there will be a Unity House meeting at 6.30 in the Clark Room. Um, on the 10th, there's going to be the UM Women's Christmas Gathering at Avanti's down here at 12.45 in the afternoon. All women are welcome to join. Please contact Jeannie. Her phone number is in there. Let her know if you're going to come. She'll save a spot for you. Don't worry. Um, and on the 10th as well, trustees meeting will be after worship. New trustees, please attend. That's a please, but it doesn't really mean please. It means attend. On December 17th, um, we'll be caroling to members at 1215. Um, Debbie, I assume that means going around to various members that are maybe kind of... Yes, yes, I will have a special not well. on the Yeah, let Debbie know. And then December 24th is going to be our Christmas play and luncheon to follow after that. So it seems like we've got a pretty good December lined up here. Debbie, yes, you in the back. Yes, me in the back. Hey everybody, I'd like to say thank you to all that helped me decorate the church, get things going out back, and for the great day we had yesterday. We also have found a spare set of glasses. They're kind of green in color. If anybody wants a glass, they'll be on the back table. Um, that's it. Thank you. I just have one. Just to thank Sally, she's the leader of the, uh, our captain on Christmas in the Village, and she goes way beyond. Praise God. Yeah, I don't know if this place would run without Sally. It'd be a stretch. <laughs> Might not look as nice or smell as nice or do as many nice things. Any other announcements from you? Yeah, uh, just, just briefly. We have so much going on that it's hard to imagine how wonderful and active we are as a church. We have our uh, discipline discussion group every Sunday morning at 9.15, and that book has a reading for every day of the year. Well, guess what? It's coming up to the end of this year, calendar year. So there's a sign-up sheet that you can use to get copies of either our Three Simple Rules book or the 2018 Upper Room Disciplines book. Please be seated.
Would you pray with me, please? Loving, caring God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the season of Advent, the season of hope, the season of learning yet again how to put us in your hands like a mother puts a loving touch upon a newborn child. And so may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. Can you hear it? Can you feel it? Can you smell it? It's a new year, a brand spanking new Christian year filled with possibilities and hope. It's the time of preparing for birth and rebirth. The time of admitting why we need birth and rebirth. The time when God comes to us in the dark, in the cold, when everything seems to be set in stone to tell us that God is not done. God won't settle for us believing that creation cannot have as many acts as many innings, as many turnings of the page as it takes for us to enter God's hope. Welcome to Advent, our Christian season of coming into God's hope and becoming believers in God's hope. We're preparing for the way, the way for the baby Jesus coming to a humble birthplace. But we're also preparing for us becoming people who can find as much hope as God can imagine even if we can't imagine that hope today or tomorrow or for many tomorrows. Advent starts as the season of God the Creator. The story of the Holy Spirit is coming, God bringing pow God's power to the world. The story of Jesus is coming, God helping us to become children of God. But first, we have to put ourselves into the hands of our Creator God, whose love for us is completely fundamental and at the root of everything in every place and every time. Now, some people are afraid of science. Why? I don't know. Because science just shows us how amazing the God of creation has been, is, and always will be. With every peak through the telescope, with every probe into the universe, the universe becomes more amazing, more beyond measurement, more powerful, as a creation of God than humans ever imagined. When scientists consider how our universe came into being, they imagine it being like a, a bunch of strings beyond time and space, bumping and folding together and sometimes sparking to light entire universes like static between bedsheets and blankets. God's creation is pliable, moldable, shapeable in ways that we can barely begin to imagine. Maybe that's why when we look at God's creation of humans in the Bible, we see God shaping humans out of the clay of the earth. This image is true in God's way. Billions of years ago, there was nothing on earth but rock, water, fire, and clay. And the spark of light sprung from that basic stuff. And in a blink of God's time, Humans sprung up from God's clay. We were shaped expertly by a craftsman 
who molds creation into the shape of everlasting love a day at a time. We know this because Christ, our perfect hope, was there when creation was born. And Christ will be there when creation's day is done gone. Our reading from Mark's Gospel today reminds us that heaven and earth will pass away someday, but that the words of Jesus the Christ will never pass away. We're waiting for the baby Jesus, but the Christ, the Son of God, the one in whom we place all our trust and all of our hopes, was our hope before creation was ever born. There's never been a moment when Christ's salvation did not exist, and Christ's salvation will always be there for us until all of creation has passed away. In Christ, there will always, always, always be hope. So, when we turn to our world, what we might call, anyway, the world, and what we might call with some cynicism or frustration or even disgust the real world, when we look at this so-called real world's imperfection, its brokenness, its refusal to be shaped into the image of God in human hands, when we look at a world that is absolutely obsessed with fear, death, destruction, and humiliation, when we look at our own reluctance or refusal to become children of God filled with God's hope, we can remember this one important thing. God will never be done with us, ever. Where we see brokenness, God sees opportunities for do-overs. Where we see things set in stone, God knows that stones crumble into clay at the quake of God's voice. Where we see our version of time, the ticking of a clock that marks out the precious seconds of our life, God sees time as just one more piece of clay in God's hands, part of the recipe for hope that God is shaping, already for us at this very moment. It's this God who the prophet Isaiah spoke of more than 2,000 years ago. In today's reading from Isaiah 64, the prophet is placing his trust in the mighty works of God, a God who many of his people believed had punished them for their sins. And Isaiah admits to them that, yes, they had been sinful as God's people. They had walked away from God so far that it seemed to them that God had walked away from them. They had been unclean, filthy, wilting, unfit to be shaped by the loving hands of God into something new and even better. The real world of Isaiah's people looked bleak and hopeless, as hopeless, perhaps, as some people might think that our world looks today. But then, in verse 8 of today's reading, Isaiah utters God's eternal word of hope. Yet, that simple word is the turning point of all human hope. We can write stories of gloom and doom, stories about failure, sin and despair and exhaustion. We can write our own limited and incomplete stories until the cows come home. But it is God and God alone who offers us the amazing word of hope. Yet, we see stone broken or whole. 
But God tells us, you're still my clay, still the stuff from which I have made you, still creations in my hands, ready to be turned on the potter's wheel of hope into something even better. To finish college, I took a course in pottery to get an easy grade, to be quite honest, to beat my art course requirements. And I was hardly an artist, to be sure. And many of my creations on the potter's wheel flopped to pieces in my hands. But my teacher showed me how easy it was to fold the clay back into a ball, center it on the potter's wheel, and start again. And after many tries, I got something that looked like a pot a, a little bit. I'm sure that if I had stuck with it, eventually I would have made a pot that was even better. Even better. That's what God wants us to focus on this Advent. There's something even better coming when we end our resistance to the hand of God on our lives. There's something more that we're meant to become in God's hands than we can possibly imagine. I knew a man in my first home church in Connecticut, the husband of my church sponsor. They had known one another growing up, and they had hoped to marry, but this man, Bob was his name, he decided to take a different path in life. It was the path of self-destruction. Unfortunately, Bob wound up as a skid row bum for a while in California, sleeping on public benches. And then one day, when Bob was sleeping on a bench in a mall, a man walked up to Bob to hear the story of his life. That man was the Reverend Robert Schuller. You may have heard about him from his television broadcasts. Reverend Schuller brought to Bob the word of hope that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Bob cleaned up his act. He married his true love from his childhood, and they became model church people and model citizens. They lived a beautiful Christian life. One day when I was in Bible study with Bob, we were all asked to give one word that described God. And when it came to Bob's turn, he couldn't wait to offer his word for God. Potter. Bob knew that his life had become clay in God's hands, and that everything that could be good or better in his life would come from being shaped by God. And so it was. Not long after that, Bob was told that he had a very advanced form of cancer. Sunday after Sunday, Bob would come up to the railing during the offering and put himself up with the pastor for prayer. Bob wasn't asking for things to turn out his way. He was asking for the faith to have things turn out God's way. Hope is not always about the story turning out the way that we want it to, but hope is always about the story turning out even better in God's loving hands, being shaped in ways that we cannot imagine. Welcome to the advent of God's possibilities in your life. Whatever your life is like now, God has something even better prepared for you through faith in Jesus Christ. Whatever you think cannot be changed, God is ready to change. Whatever you think is misshapen in your life and couldn't possibly 
fit into God's plan, God is ready to fold you back into the body of Christ and to shape you into the beautiful, fresh, spiritual way that God has prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Get ready for the coming. Get ready to be shaped by God. Get ready to become even better. Amen. Please be seated. It's time for the prayers of the people that we lift up for us to act as a body of Christ and concern for Christ's world. While Sally is bringing up our prayer book, I wanted to point this out. We received over 50 prayers from people walking into this church yesterday during the Christmas in the Village celebration. And I was told of all the people who were coming in here to pray. There was even a young child praying out on our lawn in front of the plastic Jesus, uh, Joseph and Mary statue there. And that tells us how much the world wants God's hope, how much they expect us to be there for them in prayer, and how much through prayer we can invite them into our lives. And so what I would like to suggest to us is that, since there are over 50 prayers, that each week for the next year, we read one of these prayers. I expect other prayers will enter into this jar, and maybe we'll do more than one prayer a week as we move along. But if we keep our community in prayer, we will be one with them, and this church will be transformed. May the Lord help me in my vision. Thank you, God, for keeping me and my family safe. I thank you for blessing us with a modest home. I also thank you for a great family. What a joy to have the first prayer be a prayer of hope. Praise God. Let us remember also the people in our community um, in Christ here. And as always, I, I encourage you to seriously take home your bulletin because your prayers matter. Your prayers change the world. For those who are listed in the bulletin who are sick, who have loved the ones who have passed away, for those who are recovering from surgery or illnesses, and those who are serving in the image of Christ in our military. And so we looked up many people for prayers today. Uh, Sarah Cliff, Cup Hartney, who needs prayers for healing. I want to especially lift up and have us consider how to respond to the needs of our former pastor, Juan Tepley. Uh, he went home on a vacation to have surgery for cancer. And he is healing. Uh, it's a the form of cancer, thyroid cancer, and he's doing well. And he has to stay there through Christmas. So I would ask us to get together a card for him and offer him Christian hope and to hold him in very special prayers, please. Um, we also lift up in prayer Robert Mauer, who had a stroke. He's in the ICU. We lift up Rob Johnson, who just lost his mother to cancer this 
morning. And we lift up in prayer Jessica Fernandez, who has just come to the U.S. and needs a job. We lift up Tisha Stanley, who has lung cancer, and um, she is death's niece by marriage. And we lift up Wanda, who broke, broke both legs. And, uh, uh, it's Dorothy at the gift shop. It's a gift box. It's her mom. Her she mom? Oh, wow. And I'm sure that several of us, if not many, know Dorothy and what a wonderful person she yes, is and yes. what a blessing she is to our community. And these people, especially these people, we offer hope as well. Let us pray together. Gracious, loving God, in the season of hope, these people need your hope. These people need the joy of your healing, the joy of your guidance, the joy of your strength, the joy of being one with us in Christ and knowing that they are cared for by you through us being one with them. Help us to feel through your Holy Spirit, your presence on our hearts. Bring that presence into their lives. Help us to be that presence for them in their lives. Help us to never, ever give up on your hope. Let us be steadfast in praying for these people and steadfast in having the confidence to bring our prayers to you as well. We pray in Jesus Christ our Lord. There is hope, there is a future for this world through the love of God and Jesus Christ. And we are that Christian hope for the world. Let us remember that as we celebrate that hope as we present our times and our offerings.
He rocked. God rocks. And God gives us things to do with all this Christian hope we have today. Let's say it together. God welcomes us into this new Christian year to be born again into the life of Christ. Let us celebrate the hope that God's welcome gives us and trust in it. Amen. And now, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord shine God's face upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up God's countenance upon us, even us, and grant us peace now and forever. And may the people say with joy and hope, Amen.